But when it comes to what they're teaching in the curriculum, the curriculum was never built for black kids in general. Um, it's never was built for disimportioned kids who are below level. They can be black, white, Asian, Latino, no matter what. They weren't. It wasn't built for them. y'all well if you have a fuck you don't get fired don't get beat up don't do any of those things <laughs> send them to us please here at black at work pod at gmail.com or you can go on our website black at work and submit them anonymously our first fuck you comes from olivia pope hey gladiator no i'm just kidding <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, she says, hey, girls, I have been enjoying your show since last November, and I never, ever thought in a million years I would be writing a fuck you because I actually love my job. But my big bird, in quotations, a.k.a. my team lead, has been really getting on my nerves lately. So I work for an all-black hair care company, ran and owned by, by black women. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's about 10 of us on staff, and of course, we've been working from home during the pandemic. When it was clear we would be leaving our offices, our boss quickly reported who I thought was my friend to a newly created team lead position. First off, in my opinion, it was just a title move because her job duties hasn't changed or her salary. She told me this when we were still girls. So it's been a few months, and my former friend has turned Hitler and really thinks she runs the place. She's third in line to the actual owner, and she has really been letting the power go to her head. Last week, she asked me to fill an international order that she would normally handle. I said, are you not doing internationals anymore? And she snapped back. This is a, this is a job duty, and I'm your superior. If I ask you to do something, you should just do it. Oh, she's lucky this was through instant messenger because I would have dragged her ass by the throat and threw her in the parking lot. <laughs> I said back to her, I'm not doing the order unless Diane tells me to. Nothing was sent down from actual management saying I was on internationals now. So I will continue to do my work. She tried me, y'all. Haven't heard a peep from her since, but bitch, fuck you for trying me in that way. Knowing just a few months ago, we were cool and I was even happy for your little promotion. You actually have one job and that's to stay out of my business. Fuck her and fuck all the big birds everywhere. Y'all are peers with the title. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Don't get it twisted, baby. <laughs> For y'all, for those of you who are new to the show, um, Anessa and I caught our former team lead, Big Bird. She got laid off because Anessa say God don't like ugly. But can we just start collectively calling all the team leads across the globe Big Bird? Because I feel like y'all all the same. Y'all big, loud, yellow, wrong, and in the way. No shade to any of our team lead listeners who know their place and don't be trying to let presumed power go to their heads. But bitch, if you can't tell me how to get the fuck to Sesame Street, 
then we ain't got shit to talk about, bruh. Like, you do your job. You let me do mine. The nerve of this girl. You just got a little title, sweetie. So I'm confused here. Log off, ma'am. Log off. Girl, and you got a title and you don't have a salary. Your salary ain't increased. So I don't even know why you pressured about, you know, <laughs> trying to tell me what to do. And we supposed to be friends. Like, girl, go sit down. And big, I thought Big Birds was supposed to be for the white team leads. Now, Nana, you coming in here acting like, Lord, girl. No, no, no. All of y'all is the big birds. Anybody that really feels, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Some companies are set up differently. I know team leads have different positions, but for the most part, y'all are just peers. Like our coworker said, like, don't come at me like that, bitch. Right. Especially if we friends, like now all of a sudden, if I have, if I tell you to do something, you need to do it. Like, Excuse me, girl. We was just in the break room the other day, uh, talking about how your man was cheating on you. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like, no, for real. Hey, girl, go have several seats. Anyway, we wish you coworker. Like, fuck her. Um, she can go on somewhere, and you checked her, and she ain't came back for you. So that's how you got to do it. That's how we used to do our uh big birds. So our second fuck you comes from. She named herself y'all's best friend in parentheses in my head. Oh, <laughs> hi, best friend. Right. Hey, y'all. I love y'all in this show so much. It is such a relief to know there are people out there like me who are just over the shit. So I was listening to the last show and it reminded me of the situation that I was going through at my former employer. Last year, I got the nerve to leave a job that I worked for 14 years. I'm only 33. I started off in the call center and worked my way up to becoming center manager. And along the way, I took about eight to nine raises here and there. When I became center manager, they gave me a $10,000 increase to my salary. At the time, I thought they were really doing something and I was proud of my accomplishment. So about three years ago, I had a very similar situation as Tiana, where I overheard another white male center manager on a different shift talking to another white male center manager about their salaries. That was nearly $25,000 more than I was making. Wow. Now wow. I'm a black woman, so we already know what it is, but still I sat for two more years and worked for those scumbags coming in the door at 1350 an hour and leaving with the salary of $41,000 barely. That's what happens when you stay. This isn't really a fuck you, but a testimony. I ended up just jumping out and landing a job with another major company. Same job title, earning the same amount as the good old boys at my last job. So I guess this is a fuck you to them. <laughs> y'all are my coworker besties. I love this show and y'all much love. She says her name, but she says don't say her name. So, okay, girl, I got you. Hey, hey, coworker. Um, shout out to you for making that move. I when Anessa was reading that, I was appalled. Girl, forty one thousand to run a whole. I don't know what the details of a center manager is, but forty one thousand dollars to run a whole center, bitch. Unless you was running these operations in um uh Puerto Rico, 
where the dollar is runs a little bit more further. I just can't see how this was even happening to you. So shout out to you for leaving. That's some bitch ass shit that they were doing. But they do that. They do that. When you sit in these companies for 12, 15, 20 years and accept lateral moves, that's what they do. They just bump you up along the way and then bring in people off the street making that type of money. And that's why Tiana was open to even going back to the company that she left because Coming in off the street, they'll pay her what they wouldn't have paid her had she stayed. So that's just the game, y'all. That is just the game. It is. And it's another testament to why you should get up, take your assets on to somewhere else where you are valued and more appreciated, where somebody going to pay you. Uh, We talked about that last week. So shout out to you and thank you for your testimony. Y'all sending y'all testimonies if y'all got those too. Okay. Okay, you ain't got to say fuck you to everybody, but we do love the fuck yous. All right, well, ooh, let's get into this water cooler this week. It, ooh, so much shit happened. Okay, so Miss Jada Pinkett Smith Shakur Alsina, as Black Twitter has named her, brought herself to the red table this week, child, and she poured hot tea off. Over us. First, she admitted to an entanglement with August Alcina. We'll get to that entanglement bullshit later. But they both admitted that they were separated and going through a rough patch at the time. In fact, Will just flat out said that he was just done with her ass. So this is where I feel like Toxic Jada steps in. She literally said that she does not feel like her entanglement with August Alcina was a transgression to her marriage because she needed to heal from the inside. Like she needed to grow. Okay, so first of all, ma'am, future's mama, future auntie, you mean to tell me that you stepped out of your life partnership? I don't know what that means to them. That's what they call themselves. But you stepped out of your life partnership to have an affair with this young, sickly man (laughs) You slayed him with your dragon love and then stepped on like nobody mattered him. But the growth that you experienced, I feel like I feel like August should have been there. I feel like he should have been on the red table and it should have been an open apology to him. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I was a little I'm like, okay. Y'all are coming to the table telling y'all side of the story, but I want to hear his side of the story. I feel like it would have been a little bit more juicier. Um, I actually just watched it and I was a little, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I'm slow, but I was a little confused. I was like, okay, so this happened four or some odd years ago. So they say they, it happened a while ago. They were trying to figure out, you know, why now, why is it coming up now? He done brought it up or whatever. But I was a little confused about is this, are did you get into the like why was will mad is what i'm trying to figure out because he was saying like he was mad because she was on some bs or whatever was he mad because he went she went went to go date august alcina or was he mad because of what they had going on previously i i felt like i mean i don't know if it's just me i don't feel like all of the information was bare but i mean again that's their business like tabitha say <laughs> that's your business so i don't know 
Girl, these are Academy Award nominated actresses and actresses. I still think this is one of those. Let me help you out with your album sales, little fella. You gonna still be at that swingers party this weekend? I bet. Like, Will and Jada are solid. Y'all just go stream August little album. This is what this is for. And let us all move on, child. Yeah, I'm actually shocked that she would even date somebody the memes were hilarious like hilarious oh my gosh like I'm still dying but I'm just I'm yeah I, I feel like you might be right Dana they they sitting up there with their Oscars and Academy Awards and all of that they probably just trying to help this man because they did say he had he has mental issues or whatever he's sick or girl I don't know it's crazy I'm glad she admitted to it though because I was shocked that she actually did that I'm not I ain't mad at it I listen Hey, black excellence. Anyway, speaking of black unexcellence, I wanted to throw this in there. I actually forgot about this, but Kanye West, huh, this nigga decided that he was going to run for president and he did a an interview. Damn, I forgot which news outlet the interview was from. I think it was MSNBC. But anyway, the nigga sounded completely crazy. He said that... <laughs> He says that he plans on running for president under the birthday party because when he wins, it's going to be everybody's birthday. (laughs) I was about to say, do y'all hear the silence? Because that's what, what? I saw that he said he was trying to run for president, but I didn't think that that was real. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's unlikely that it's going to happen. What's just, okay. So there are several states, including Texas, that don't even allow uh anybody to enter the ballot this late in the game. That's number one. Um, number two, I wouldn't be surprised if the Trump administration paid this motherfucker to come through and split up the Democratic votes so that he can still win again. Because even if he don't make it on the ballots, niggas are still stupid enough to write his dumb ass in, like, as a joke. You know, in 2016, people was running in Harambe and shit. Like, people don't take this shit serious. Like, you gonna really stand in line (laughs) to go vote for Harambe. Okay. But anyway, yeah, I just... Girl, we might as well just be preparing for another Trump win, child. I am nervous. But you know what? Y'all, if y'all voted for Trump, I don't see why. I don't. Y'all might vote for Kanye. I mean, either way, I feel like we would, we're going to be doomed, okay? Kanye in office, I don't, I feel like he is the whites. I mean, he ain't. He is clearly crazy. Like, if you read that interview, he sounds nuts. And even the interviewer is like, his 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 thoughts are all over the place. He To me, it sounds like he's dealing with his bipolar issues and he might be having um, one of those moments where he's, um, you know, a little bit off the rails. So, you know, I know I crack jokes about Kanye West all the time. I used to be a huge, huge, huge diehard fan of him until he put that red hat on. And then since then, I haven't really been fucking with him. But um, stay prayed up, Brad. Like, obviously, there's not something wrong here. Obviously, you went to the picnic and left the whole basket in the car. Something is not right at home. So, you know, I'm praying that he gets better. That's all I got to say about that. I agree. 
So anyway, and this is my new favorite segment this week. And God don't like ugly news. We just going to keep that going because um, I feel like we always going to have somebody to laugh at who the universe slapped in the ass with some deserving consequences So for their stupid ass actions. So shout out to Anessa for coming up with that for us. <laughs> but anyway, David Nelson, who is 53, and Nicole Anderson, who is 42, are a married couple, now charged with a hate crime for defacing the Black Lives Matter street mural in Martinez, California. I hope they go to the slammer. I hope if you can't get their ass for the hate crime, I hope you get them for defacing public property or some shit. Like, make them pay a fine that will bankrupt their old asses. Like, come on, district attorney. They have no business doing this shit anyway. It's time for white people to be made an example of for doing stupid shit like this. Yeah, like, once again, God don't like ugly. <laughs> like, y'all steady. I No comment. <laughs> they not putting up with y'all racist bullshit in California at all, honey, because San Francisco lawmaker Shaman Walton, come on, Shaman, introduced. Now, this is a real bill, y'all. Well, it's a real act. It's called the Caution Against Racially Exploitative Non-Emergencies Act, also known as the Karen Act. <laughs> I'm here for it. I am so here for this Karen act, y'all. When I saw that, I was like, "Who? Come on, black man who th was like, you know what? I'm gonna turn Karen into some real Karen shit, and I'm gonna get y'all. And now this is something that y'all gonna have to live with for the rest of y'all natural born white lives, okay? <laughs> and you know he was being petty. You know he was being petty, naming it the Karen Act. And you know what? I'm just I'm gonna be just as ridiculous as y'all. If y'all come within six feet of me on some rue raw shit, I'm gonna start yelling Karen, 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 and start hunking one of them little air horns or some shit. Like bitch, just like y'all, I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm a victim hoe. Call the popo. -po I'm gonna get you on the Karen Act. <laughs> This is hilarious, but like it's it's very petty, but they're very petty. So you have to fight petty with petty. Like at the end of the day, since y'all want to keep screaming all lives matter, then okay, the Karen act on y'all. <laughs> like okay, fight petty with petty. <laughs> have you been seeing those videos going around on social media um, with those Karens and Kens? Getting it into it with people at the grocery store for not wearing protective masks. Oh my gosh, no, I haven't. Girl, so what is this? It's like July. Okay, so for four fucking months, for four fucking months, y'all outside going ham and Trader Joe's, getting recorded, losing y'all's jobs, and getting beaten up just because y'all don't want to put on a fucking mask. White people want to be oppressed so bad. It's only been four months. Just wear the fucking mask, bro. Come on, Anessa. Give me a note. It could all be so simple. Okay. But y'all rather make it hard. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Put the fucking mask on. Put your mask on. If it if the CDC then came out and said that, okay, if you got your mask on and I got my mask on, this can less likely, you know, 
send over some droplets to my area. Like, put your mask on. What's what is the problem? Like, it's like, do y'all want to get the virus? Do y'all want to continue? Do y'all want to still be have a wet twenty twenty one? Because that's what's gonna happen if y'all keep putting y'all mask on. Like, I'm not trying to be in the house for another year. Like, because it looks like we're gonna be in the house for the next six months again till. We're going to be spending Christmas in the house. We're going to spend Thanksgiving in the house. Everything going to be virtual this year. And if y'all don't put y'all mask on, next year going to be the same way. I can't do this again next year. I don't have to cancel my baby's birthday party. And I'm sick about that. <laughs> like, because like, y'all won't put y'all mask on. Like, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, that's the thing. I don't want to have to keep going through this. And I'm not. You know what? I'm going to step up and say, because I know on a previous recording when all this coronavirus shit was going on, and we was like, these masks, da, 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 you don't need to wear that. I take all of that shit back. Put your fucking mask on. Stop the spread. Stay at home, better yet. Like, let's just, let's just not, okay? Speaking of the white people doing the devil's work, a mail carrier in West Virginia was found guilty this week of election fraud after altering Democratic ballot requests to Republican. This man is 47. His name is Thomas Cooper. See, y'all's man in the nut house be the one all on Twitter talking about election fraud, election fraud. No, it's y'all niggas. It's y'all. Y'all doing the election fraud. This is absolutely absurd. I just... I, I don't know. I, y'all keep leaving me speechless. Like, I keep like not, I'm like, I have no words. Like, yeah, it is y'all. And do you want Trump to be in there again? Is that what you, is that what you over there doing? You trying to conjure up something where Trump can win again? Like, I, I, pe- the fact that people, I'm sorry that I'm going on this tangent, but the fact that people actually like him, cause there are people that like him. There are people that are going to vote for him again. I just, I don't have, I don't understand what is what's the deal like he is a literal literal racist and he has a huge a huge fan base i'm not going to call them his political followers or nothing because these are fanatical fans if you see videos and shit of them these niggas don't even make sense all their teeth is missing and shit they've been i'm for trump like it's hell of them and these niggas are going to show up in November and vote. The counties and towns and dirt roads that they live off of is going to make it easy for them to vote. Voter suppression, we know that's the thing. We got mail carriers changing votes and shit. You you make us feel like we don't have a chance. You say vote, 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 vote. But then you got niggas doing shit like this. It's like, we can't trust this system that y'all have put in place. So y'all need to go back to the drawing board and let's do something different. Yeah, seriously. Like this, this is the reason why a lot of black people do not vote. A lot of young black people do not vote. They already feel like their vote doesn't matter or it goes somewhere to the trash or to the mail carrier. He put it in the mail or under the mailbox, under the mail. Like, come on. Like y'all need to figure something out. But somebody said something that I saw this week that said this system was not, um, the system was not made like it was made like this so there's no how do you even turn it around you know what I mean exactly y'all make us feel hopeless like we can't like we we can't do shit like oh there's always a will there's a way yeah but damn we tired of fighting just to even fucking be heard but anyway going right back to the, the nut house 
The Supreme Court upheld a 45 administration regulation this week that allows employers who have religious objections to limit access to birth control. So, of course, um, there's two women on the Supreme Court, Justice Sotomayor and Justice Ginsburg. They both voted no, of course. And all their male colleagues, including Black-ass Clarence Thomas, allowed it. I am so tired of men running anything. All of y'all need to sit the fuck down. I can't even wrap my head around how many lives are going to be affected by this shit. I don't feel like anybody should be having the autonomy over anybody. And this is not, this is not some pro-life ass speech or whatever. It's like, if the shit is out there, make it available for people. It's not your, that's just like a job saying, oh, you diabetic. I don't want insulin to be available for you for my religious reason. I believe in the non-insulin society. Like it just doesn't fucking make sense. Y'all are doing too much and y'all are damaging too many people. And you're a man. You don't know what it's like to birth a baby have a baby. You don't know what people got going on in their households to where they need birth control. You don't, you don't know the circumstances and the situation. So why do y'all even have the, y'all shouldn't even have the, the right or the willpower to be able to say, or I'm going to, you know, like, fuck y'all. Like that don't even make sense. And like you said, it's not about, you know, pro-life or whatever, but still like at the end of the day, this is my body. I have the decisions to make about my body or what, what I want to do. This is my life. You have a decision to make about your life. So if we go and say, can't nobody else get no vasectomies, then what y'all going to do? Okay. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. Let's just stop all of that. No more vasectomies. How about, how about we make women make decisions over men's reproductive rights or men's bodies? Let's do that. Let's tell all these men that walk around in these gray joggers. Y'all know what the fuck y'all doing. Y'all can't wear gray joggers anymore because it might entice us to rape y'all or some super shit like that. Like, cut the shit. Girl, you hit the nail right on the head somewhere. Stop. I don't want to see your imprint. Like, come on. Like, you can't. Like, and like you said, like it, it's a double standard because they're not going to allow us to be able to say, oh, well, no more men can have vasectomies or everybody needs to have vasectomies. So if we can't make decisions for y'all, y'all don't need to be out here making decisions for us. And that's on that period. Point blank. So anyway, Michael Cohen, who is a 45's former lawyer, um, he was originally sentenced to three bitch ass years in jail. Um, and then he was let out of prison due to coronavirus. Well, now he's taking his bitch ass back to prison because um, he violated the terms of his sentence. This nigga was actually out in New York City eating out at a restaurant, bitch. People were taking photos of this nigga. You are supposed to be in jail and you over here at um, PF Chang's. Kicking it, get the fuck out, y'all. It, it is so. It, you know, I'm laughing, like I'm laughing, but at the same time, it's like I'm laughing because I'm trying not to cry. Because let let my brother, let your cousin, your brother, your uncle, whoever you know that's locked up, even try. First of all, three years they they sold a. I don't even know an ace. A weed, I don't know what that's called. I don't know. That's what it's called. An ace of weed. 
<laughs> an ace of weed, y'all. Just laughing at Nessa. She just said an ace of weed. Is it an ace? Okay. No, no nigga. Okay. Well, <laughs> a dime, an ace of spade, whatever it is, whatever it is, let them go up to the to the courts <laughs> and to the judges. Okay, that easily you're gonna get at least five to ninety nine. Okay, you didn't even do a Michael, whatever his name. Is. I don't know his name. I don't know what he did. I, I know what he did, but I'm saying you ain't gonna even do do three years. Okay, that's number one. Number two, let alone your cousin, your uncle, your brother, whoever it is, and just at PF Chains, they went to Pizza and went to go get them something to eat. Child, like if y'all don't see that we are not equal, like y'all can literally get away with anything that you want anything and this is what I call the white nerve like you had the nerve the audacity my nigga you are in jail and you stepped out of your house to go dine at some restaurant my nigga I hope that you continue to remain in jail for the rest of your sentence I hope you accidentally get some more time tacked on because you already got a light, a light sentence to begin with you fuck ass um, but anyway, speaking of more people with the white nerve, country music group Lady Antebellum decided to change their name. They joined the bandwagon of motherfuckers that's trying to, you know, let go of all these racist racial names and titles. So they decided to change their name from Lady Antebellum due to its Confederacy ties. Okay, cool. But what's not cool is that now they want to sue an actual singer that's already named Lady A. She's black. She's a blue singer. They want to sue her so that they can mutually coexist. Lady A was like, nah, just because y'all got more racist fans and more money than me, y'all ain't finna run me up off my name. So she's getting ready for a lawsuit, honey. She's collecting GoFundMes or whatever. But this is more of the the same white nerve. Like y'all changed y'all name because y'all wanted to be sensitive to this whole Black Lives Matter movement. Y'all didn't want to be a part of it no more. But now y'all are furthering disenfranchising another black person due to this action so it's fake you're not trying to you're not doing this for no rhyme or reason you're not doing this for the betterment of nothing it's just a fake sign of uh what is it called um allyship it's a fake sign of allyship Leave this lady alone. Pick you a whole nother motherfucking name. If Antebellum has Confederacy ties and you don't want, you feel like after all of these years and all the millions you done made off that shit, you don't want to do that shit no more. Fine, but leave this lady alone. I hope she wins her lawsuit because she's been going by this name for like thirty years. And and why y'all gotta sue her so y'all could coexist? That's fucked up. We ain't. We don't need to coexist. Keep your name. I don't like how all these people all of a sudden are like, oh, I'm trying to be. First of all, who listening to Lady Lady Annabellum? I don't even know you. I, I could care less. So if you, I didn't even know that that, that had Confederacy's house, and I don't care. Breonna Taylor, Amal Aubrey, like y'all doing shit that don't even that doesn't. I don't care. Keep your name and don't bring me. Don't bring me Lady A up into this. My auntie up into this because you trying to be on some fake shit like. Y'all go have all the seats at the American Airlines Center and don't call me back. 
And don't leave a voicemail. Because y'all, child, I can't. I can't even deal with these white folks. Like, it, we don't care. Like, do put some action on what we've been asking for. Not changing a country group name. Like, we don't, I, I could care less. We don't even listen to y'all. We need listening to New Music Friday, trying to figure out what, uh, pop smoke got going on like we ain't paying attention like so yeah anyway fuck that um in tragic news glee actress naya rivera is presumed dead as of today today's saturday july 11 after going missing this past wednesday while boating with her son police found her four-year-old son sleep on a boat with a life jacket on and he told police that him and his mom were swimming and he lost her it's really kind of cryptic and sad because we actually saw a picture that she posted on her social media. I don't know if it was on her Instagram or whatever, but I saw this on her Twitter and it was a picture of them on that day and they were on the boat, I'm assuming, and the caption was like, just the two of us. So first of all, I hope she's found safe. Um, when the show comes out, I hope that she find is found safe. Secondly, I hope this wasn't some weird signing off because to me, that's what it feels like. It feels like a Tyler Perry movie or some shit. Like they're uncertain of whether they're going to find her because they say the lake is so muddy with water, like they can't even look. And they found her little life jacket, but I don't know. Honestly, the whole situation is a little sad. It's very sad and it's, it's shocking. Like that's just like sudden. Like suddenly, and then not then you know knowing that we have sons, and you know what I'm saying. Like that's a sad situation. I do hope that they find her. I've been seeing a lot about. I've been seeing a lot about her on social media. So it's weird how how it's happening. Yeah, much prayers to her and her family and her son, especially. And finally, crib keeper Betsy DeVos, who is also um, Trump's. What is the Secretary of Education? I think. I don't even respect this woman or her title because it's bullshit. But anyway, she is threatening to defund schools if they don't open back up in the fall. So we're literally in the middle of a fucking pandemic. And you want us to send our babies to schools in the fall. But niggas like Michael Cohen in 69 get to come out of prison because it's too dangerous for them to be in there because of COVID-19. Make it make sense to me here. You want us to force us to take our kids to school. And, and they're saying if, if she's saying if the school districts don't the school districts don't open back up that she's going to defund the schools. Are you fucking serious? Do it. Okay, do it. Okay, because guess what? What you're not going to do is you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do with my child. First of all, y'all want us to go back to work because y'all trying to keep some economy going. Okay, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to risk my life to go to work to be exposed to people that could have been exposed to COVID, especially with the numbers rising. Number two, I'm definitely not going to send my child back to school where I don't know where these people have been over the last four or five months. You send your child to school. Okay, send her to school. Send your son to school. Then you call me. But I'm not sending my children to school. So defund the school. I'll teach my, my child what, what my child needs to know because y'all ain't teaching them shit anyway. I'll teach them about 
you know, black history. I'll teach them what they need to know about credit and mortgages and all that because what y'all teaching in school don't really matter because they ain't going to use no geometry anyway. <laughs> right. Right. We're about to have an educator on too, um, who gonna break that down a little bit more for y'all. But I'm not fucking listening to this lady. This lady has you are the entire what is it? I should look her up. She is the secretary of education, y'all. And she has a bachelor's degree from nineteen seventy-nine in economics. Child. That's all her education. That's all her education. So clearly, you're this is what this is what we talk about when you say we want the comp- we want the government ran like business. This is how they plan on running it like a business. They don't give a fuck about our kids. You knew that after um what what was that school that got shot up? I I hate I forgot the, Sandy Hook. Y'all know they don't give a fuck about our kids. Um, after Sandy Hook, so they really don't give a fuck now. I wish the fuck and you, y'all glad my kids is only nine months old because I wish the fuck I would send my kids out. Them kids ain't even gonna be taking that shit serious anyway. They are gonna have them masks all over their heads, on their eyes. They gonna be throwing them at people, using them as diapers and shit, joining on the other kid because they mask ain't as hot as the other kids. Like anybody got time for that? Like do something else, do something different. You ain't lying. Like come on now, Zoom will work. Whatever the virtual things that you guys need to put in place, that will work. Like, you don't need to be risking people's children's lives because you're trying to keep up some economy. And this is, I hate to get religious, but we will continue, we will continue to be like this for another year or two if people like her do not get their acts together and stop being greedy. Because I hate to say, God, God, I'm, I'm, God don't like ugly and he do not I mean he's not for what's wrong he's for what's right and if y'all are if this is y'all's focus it's just about money and going back to school and opening up the economy and doing all this and risking people's lives while doing it then we're going to continue to see this this is going to continue to happen and Thank the Lord. The blood of Jesus will be on my door and it will pass my house and death will pass my house. But for real, like I hate to do that, but it's like we are living in the times and the days because y'all are really y'all got some nerve to really sit up here and be like, okay, we're going to define where children get their education because y'all don't want to send y'all kids. But like, it's just I don't know. Girl, it's fucked up. And, um, you know, all I can say is much prayers to the parents who have to make the tough decision to send their kids anyway. I know a lot of people don't have the the wherewithal to be like, oh, I'm not going to send them because you got to go to work. You know, I know people that have to send their kids to daycare now because they have to work. So that decision in itself is tough to begin with. And the fact that the fact that this administration is just making it hard for us to keep our families safe and our kids safe and us safe just just shows you what type of motherfuckers these people are. So fuck them as usual. And I was going to talk about this uh, 50 Cent and uh, T.I. business, but maybe we'll visit that in the break room. But that's all I got for the water cooler, guys. All right, guys. So today for our down to business segment, we have my best friend's best friend. She goes by Alicia Diane. (laughs) She has a bachelor's of arts in early childhood education, a master's degree in reading, 
and an education specialist degree in leadership. Right now, she is a reading specialist for kindergarten through fifth grade, and she also has her own fashion Instagram and YouTube channel, which we'll get into a little bit later. But welcome to the show, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. So Alicia has a terrible memory, and I told her that I was going to tell her on the show how I met her (laughs) through um, my my best friend. So. For those of you who watch Insecure, so y'all remember that scene where it was um, Molly, Condola, and um, Issa, and they were all meeting up at a restaurant, and um, Molly was like, what the hell? Okay, so this was kind of like that, but not really. I knew she was going to be there. (laughs) I knew she was going to be there, but this was my first time meeting her. So this was like October, 2010. This is how good, this is how good the memory is. So we're at this Mexican restaurant sitting at the table. We've already met and I'm, you know, we're just, you know, talking regular casually. And we were all university students at this time. And at this time I was the editor-in-chief of my university's independently ran and funded student newspaper, right? So I'm doing all this work every week, you know, for this newspaper. So we're talking, 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 and our mutual best friend tells her, oh, you know, Dana is the editor-in-chief of the school's paper. And Alicia stops eating. And she's like, yeah. And I say, yeah, you know, I'm thinking, I'm proud, you know. She's like, girl, I be using those for my paper mache art projects in my early childhood learning classes. <laughs> oh I'm like, God. this bitch. <laughs> but no, straight up, straight up, I was like, I fucked with her because anybody else would have been like, Awesome. Oh, I love your paper. She was like, girl, I'll be using those for my paper mache art projects. <laughs> oh, the fact that you remember that is so bad. That is so bad. I oh my God. And oh, I am so sorry. I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, that, that lets me know, that let me know then that you was like a real person. Like, cause there's so many fake people out here. Like I said, anybody would have been like, oh my God, I love your paper. I read it all the time. You was like, girl, I'll be using that for art. (laughs) And I appreciated that. I like real people. So anyway, that's why, well, that's one of the reasons why I wanted Alicia to be on the show because um, Alicia is an educator and very passionate about her work. And she also spends a lot of time with her babies, as she likes to call them, teaching them, guiding them, even outside of the classroom. Let's start here. Why did you want to become a teacher? Oh, why did I? Um, Everybody has this whole thing of just like, oh, I wanted to become a teacher to make a difference and to teach young minds and all of that thing, you know, all cute and fancy. But honestly, I like to boss people around. And so as a kid, I literally became a teacher because I like to talk a lot. Like, I enjoy talking and I played school by myself. It was just me and my sister growing up and she was boring. So I had to have somebody to talk to. So I would talk to myself and play school. And that was my chance to like boss people around. So that's really where it came from was just, I wanted to be the boss of people. 
And I felt like teaching, like my teachers, they were the boss of me. So I wanted to be the boss of somebody else. <laughs> so I told y'all she was real. She was going to come on her and give y'all some violin ass story about how she saw the plight of our youth and wanted to get into education, bitch. No, she wanted to boss y'all niggas around. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I will ride it down for my kids. Like, I am a strong advocate for my babies. But at the same time, like, they know I don't play. They know, like, my my sternness and my strictness and consistency comes from love. I have structure. I don't care if you black, white, Asian, Hispanic. You sit down. You do what you're supposed to do. You're going to learn. You're going to get it how you get it. And that's what we're going to do. But at the end of the day, I make lasting impressions on my babies. Like, I have babies to where I had them in preschool, and they now are parents themselves, and I'm like, oh my goodness, why? But they are just, they have flourished, and they still remember me, and I still have kept in contact with them, and it's just like, they are like, you that one teacher who just kind of put me in my place and would let me get away with anything, and I'm like, yes, and I still will put you and your kids in place. And it just has, it just lets me know that I'm doing something. I'm doing something right. And I'm not going to be that fluffy teacher. I'm not. If you get it, this is the only way you're going to get it. Because I know your parents not teaching you nothing at home. So while you're with me these couple of hours, you just don't get it. And that's it. And I'm going to love you for it. And we're going to do what we have to do. You hungry? Here go some snacks out of me. We just going to be tired of each other today. I'm not sending you out my room. None of that. It's just... It's just, it is what it is. So, so how, I, I have a question. How has the pandemic changed how you guys are doing school? Cause I've asked a lot of students, I'm not gonna say a lot, but I've asked a lot of people that are in school or some teachers that I know. My best friend's a teacher, but how is it like now that the pandemic is going on, people are not actually in school? Like what happened? Like what transpired? Like when did you guys stop school and how did it all change? How has that been for you guys? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Would you rather go back to going back to school or do you not like being in school? Do you like it more virtually? I know that's a lot of questions, but. <laughs> um, Honestly, the pandemic has been the best and worst situation for me. Um, it came at a time where I needed a mental, physical just break anyway. Um, so when the pandemic hit, it literally happened the week of our spring break. So we were going into spring break that following week. Um, and so that Thursday, we started spring break on a Thursday. Our principal kind of had an emergency staff meeting and was like, oh, send the kids home with things in case we don't come back after spring break for two weeks. So me being a reading specialist, I'm kind of like, okay. So I'm sending my kids home with some stuff like, in case I don't see y'all for the rest of the year. Because we kind of knew like, okay, you stand two weeks. We're thinking end of the year. Well, the smart teachers are. Not the worry warts and the Karens. And yeah, no, they weren't thinking it. They were just like, oh, I'm going to see my kids. I'm like, nah, I'll see y'all next year. So I'm sending them home with like books and stuff. I didn't pay for it, so I don't care. I'm like uploading them with everything that I think they would need in case we have to teach virtually. So I kind of was just like, cool, I'm going to enjoy my spring break. I'm not going to worry about it. It is what it is. Well, I didn't get to enjoy my spring break because I got countless of emails during spring break like, hey, yeah, we are going to be out until April 25th. Now, my spring break was the week of the 13th of March. So I'm like, oh, a month? Okay, cool. This is, this is going to be okay. 
So during just the pandemic of everything with virtual learning, getting kids connected, you had parents that were just like, I don't know how to work a computer. Okay, you use the computer every day, but okay, that's fine. My kid doesn't know how to work a computer. I'm working from home. I can't do it. We share a computer. I'm just like, you know what? That's fine. If anything, the pandemic just has allowed me to get on a sleep regimen because I wasn't sleeping. I had like severe insomnia. So now I'm able to get sleep whenever I want to. Um, the pandemic has really showed colors of who really teaches and what parents really take an effort in caring for their child's education. Um, if you are a parent that has always prepared for your child when there are snow days, during summer vacation, you thrive during virtual learning. Um, but if you were that parent that I'm just going to be flat out, you were that careless parent who was always flying out by the seat of your pants anyway. Every time it was a snow day, the kid got sick. Summer, you knew summer was coming every year in May and June. You knew it was coming every single year, but you was trying to find a little man man a spot, a babysitter and everything. You know, then you are the parent who are still like, I need the schools to open because I got to go to work. Ma'am, you've been working for X amount of years. He's been in school. Um, You've been finding the babysitter for summer vacations, winter vacations, when he's sick, when you're sick. Come on now. Virtual learning is no different. Right. You still haven't been doing homework. <laughs> you weren't doing homework beforehand, so we know you're not doing homework now. If anything, I feel like virtual learning is giving me job security because now these kids can't none of the kids read. Like the kids who were on level are now below level. The kids who were already below level, well, we know they even further below level. So if anything, that's my concern and that's the disheartening part. So I have to bring like some types of laughter in it to not cry because I know that there are so many kids that are just like, they don't have it. But these were issues prior to the pandemic and nobody wanted to address those issues. So nobody wanted to address the parents who weren't keeping up with their kids' education, who weren't addressing, making sure their kids got tested, who needed to be tested for academics, not ADHD and not ADD, but academics, because that's a difference. He can't sit still because he can't read. It's not he can't sit still because I want to put him on medicine to get an extra check. He can't sit still because he can't read. So let's fix those problems first. Come on, Paris. I mean, schools were underfunded before the pandemic. So let's let's address that first. So, you know, it's a lot of issues that were happening before the pandemic. And now people just want to use this pandemic as an excuse. Did your school district uh-huh. give you and your give you and your colleagues, other teachers and the students, the equipment to be able to take school from home or did they just send them home? OK, so fortunately, I work in a district that has viable resources. So all teachers were provided with laptops anyway. And so we were required to take our work laptops home. And that was because even if we had laptops at home, we were still required to take the work laptops home. So that way we had no excuse saying, oh, my laptop went out at home, so I can't teach. Um, They were like, no, whether you have devices at home, you take the work one home because we know those work and we know we can fix those. If they don't work, we can fix them from wherever we are. So they made us take our work laptops home. Those um, aides and every support staff who did not have laptops, they issued those to them during spring break and after spring break. Those kids who did not have any technology, they were issued laptops, Chromebooks, tablets, 
something to do virtual learning. So luckily I work for a district that has resources. Now, prior to getting into this district, this is upcoming my third year, I work for a district that did not have any resources. As of the last day of school, they were still passing out devices. So you can just imagine the disparities among districts that, you know, are underserved. And these are the districts who parents lack support. And there are some parents who I have friends who kids are in that district who was like, where's my child doing, you know, where's my child assignment and how can they get support? So it, it, it hindered a lot of kids. So speaking of that, how do you think this, like if we continue on this, horrible trail that we're on in regards to some ignorant politicians who think that we should be, uh, you know, making the economy better and, you know, and end, and then we're going to end up back where we were in March, where everything's going to shut down again. And then come August, when, when it's time for kids to go back to school, they can't go to school. How do you think that that's, this is going to impact them not being able to learn? You know, you have people, like you said, people that can't read, can't read or people that were already behind and now they're really behind. Like, how is this for the next six months or even for the next six months and then the next six months after that, how is this going to, do you think it will, it will impact the kids and their ability to be able to, to learn? I honestly feel like it's the next six weeks we're worried about uh, because the numbers, the way the numbers are doubling and rising every day, uh, we cannot think about or be concerned with what Cheeto is saying and what he's thinking about. Because the Cheeto man that is running this country right now, he has no clue what he's talking about, especially when him and his little elf that is over education right now, Betsy Dumbo, she has no clue how to run education system anyway. So I feel like right now we as just educators and educators who are parents, it's now time for us to come together because honestly, even with the craze of how schools are going to start, we're going to be virtual. And I just want a lot of people to just get that in your mind and prepare for that because that's the worst case scenario is wow. are you school virtual? So get the supplies that you felt like your child didn't have in March. That's what you need to be getting now that school supplies are coming out. So make sure they have like everything they need while computers are cheap spend that instead of trying to get uniforms and Jordans and all of that. Spend money on getting your child a computer. Hello. Um, instead of, you know, getting <laughs> getting certain things. Like, now's the time to get the technology. Now's the time to be putting money aside for tutoring. Like, I am a reading specialist, but I offer tutoring on side, and I make it very, very accessible. Like, I could be charging $100 an hour. I only charge $25 an hour for tutoring because I make sure that it's accessible and it's affordable for any child but when we send stuff home actually read it and actually have your own knowledge of it so that you can help your child and I get you work I do because if we work if I had a child I would be working and trying to teach your child so I would have to teach my child and teach your child but also be mindful that your child although they're in school for seven hours a day they are only physically learning three of those hours. And a lot of parents don't understand that. So when we say y'all use us as babysitters, y'all do. Because you guys are out of those seven hours, they're only getting two and a half to three hours of direct instruction. So when you claim that you go to work and you don't have time to teach your child, yes, you do. Because out of those three hours that we have your child a day, 
let's do some basic math. Three times five is 15 hours a week. Now, how long, how many hours are you with your child? How many times do you spend? So if you can't take three hours out of the day with your child after working eight hours, that's the problem. Because if you get off at five to six, Look, that man not going to bed until 9, 10 o'clock at night. That's what time he should be going to bed. But let's be for real. He's really not going to bed until 2 a.m. That's why he sleeps in my class all day. So you have three hours to spend with your child, even if they were at a grandparent's house who doesn't really engage with them during the day. You still have three hours that you can spend after dinner is done. You can spend and give them some quality one-on-one work. You still have the time. So when parents try to make that as an excuse with the virtual learning process, we're not saying they can do it during the day. They can do it at night. They can do it from six to eight and they can be done. But a lot of parents want to sit their kids at the table for an hour at a time, two hours at a time, and their kids are frustrated and don't want to do it. And that's because we don't do that to our kids. When they're in school, they sit down for 20 minutes at a time and then they're moving. So. Do reading for 20, 30 minutes and then let them go do something else. So right before you cook, sit with them for 30 minutes and do a, the virtual assignment and then cook. That way, that's a break. After dinner, before they take their bath, then do math for 20 or 30 minutes. Like you can split it up to where they can still get those assignments done and you can make that work for your home. That way, you're not so stressed out and the kid isn't so stressed out. So it doesn't matter. You could have been working on life skills all through the pandemic and you can work on it at the start of the school, teaching them how to cook. That's measuring. That's math. That's following directions, reading the labels. Like those are all things that you can be doing as a parent that has nothing to do with academics. (laughs) You don't have to be skilled at this. You don't have to have a degree in education. You don't have to have a degree in anything to teach these kids. Like a lot of the things we are asking for are minute. It's like you guys act like we are the first teachers. We're not. You are. You as parents are the first teachers. So Focus on getting them technology, but not getting technology is getting them the new um, PlayStation, PlayStation 3. They don't need that. Their technology is get them a laptop with some invaluable instruction, get them some instructional games, get them instructional teaching, instructional tutoring programs. If you're going to spend $300, spend $300 on that. A basic laptop, a quality laptop is under $100 during back to school time. Black Friday, instead of getting them a TV, get them a laptop. It's just like, be more mindful at how you're spending it. If you want to play the video game for 30 minutes, you need to read for 20 minutes. It's like, where's the balance at? Yeah, and I really feel like, I don't know what you need to do, though, but you need to get on somebody's broadcast Hello. and announce and provide these types of tools because some people probably just don't know. They probably think like, dang, you know, even as me being a mom, I feel like my child, he's about to be one. I feel like he should already know his colors or he should already know how to talk. (laughs) But, you know, I don't know everything because I'm not a teacher and I don't know. So I feel like you need to get on. You need to take whoever spot who's trying to get these kids to go back to school and get on their broadcast on MSNBC, Fox or whatever and provide these tools to these people because people do not know. Like this is some jewels you dropping over here. I mean, it's been a laundry list of this is what you can do. This is what you can do. This is what you can do. Like it's no excuses anymore. Like she really just broke it down for all of us. We do have time to teach our kids. If they're only getting two and a half to three hours of 
real instruction in class, you got time to sit down with your kid. And honestly, that's just called parenting. Don't you want to know what your kid is learning in school? Don't you want to be involved with what they're being taught? Don't you want to be involved with like, who is teaching your kid something they could be telling your kid something that you're totally against and you're just so far removed of from it because you're just sending them to school you can't do that be a parent and don't you want your child to be smart and be able to go to the to the you know most prestige university or college or that might not be your but you don't want your kids to be out here dumb don't know their colors don't know how to read don't know none of that that don't look good and that's a reflection on the parent at the end of the day, it's a reflection of the parent because, like I said, right now I get on myself because I feel like my child should know his colors. He don't even know how to talk, but I feel like he should know his colors. <laughs> like, but you should want your child to excel and be better than you were or what we are. Like, in regards to what kids are being taught in school, because we were going back to what's the lady's name that we were talking about in the water cooler? Crip Keeper, Betsy, Betsy DeVoe. <laughs> Betsy Dumbo. Yes, Betsy DeVoe wants the children to go back to school. And if not, she's going to defund these schools. Okay, great. My response was, now, I don't have any, this is my first child, and I don't have any kids in grade school. So my response was, okay, I'm going to keep my child, at, that's fine, I'll keep my child at home because I'm not going to risk my child's life or mine. They come home bringing it to me, and we all dead. But I'll teach my my child, you know, what they really need to know because I don't feel like schools really like reading. Yes, my child needs to know how to read. That's everyday life. That's when you drive. That's when you work. You need reading. But all the other stuff, geometry. I mean, unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, I'll teach my child what they need to know about mortgage. And do you think that they are currently like implementing that? Like what children really need to know? Kids don't need, kids don't know about mortgage. They don't know about, you know, how to write a check. I don't know. People don't write checks anymore, but they don't know about how to, um, you know, uh, interest on loans and, you know, all of that things that we really need to know that we're going to use every day and not know trigonometry. Forgive me if I sound ignorant because, you know, you're a teacher. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You're perfectly fine. So. As far as Bessie Dumbo, because that's what I call her all the time, um, I feel like uh, what a lot of parents and even a lot of educators, because there are a lot of um, clown supporting, I, that's what I call their president, clown supporting um, teachers as well and administrators. And let just let side note, I have an administrator certification and I just, I know I'm not ready to be a principal because my parents will hate me. The district will hate me. We would just be fighting. Like, if we will, because I just, I don't have time for nobody's mess tears when it comes to kids because we're talking about their livelihood and their lives. And so what we have to realize with Betsy and the clown threatening to cut funding is most of the money comes from the state. It doesn't come from the federal. So when he says he's going to stop that's like yo, your husband saying he going to stop giving you the $100 he give you once a month. But your check comes from your job. So when he gotcha. say he going to stop his little $5 he giving us anyway, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but that's also, that's also saying like he has real power. He doesn't have the power. And so that also bothers me, especially with our black communities and even the white poor communities not realizing that that's where voting comes into place. We vote for these presidents and that's the only time we vote is when it's a presidential election. 
but the most important elections we don't show up for. Okay. And that's when it's those small elections. Those are the important ones because that's what matters. So all of these governors and mayors making these decisions about what to do with this pandemic and everything, and we freaking out or when our black men and women are being killed and prosecutors aren't prosecuting correctly, Hello. that's because we're not voting in those small elections. Those that, That's that important piece is the state controls the educational funding. So when you don't have like those big uh, marketing tools of like um, targets and Walmarts and big cor- um, corporations in certain um neighborhoods they're not we're not getting that tax money so schools aren't getting that tax money that's where our money comes from so that's why i always say like he can talk all he wants that's not going to affect the schools so what's going to affect my school is you keeping my two targets and my two walmarts within a 10 mile radius of my school open that's what's going to affect my school it's not what's not going to affect my school is you talking about something all the way in the White House. That's not going to affect my school. Girl, I so, swear to God, um, we didn't know that. <laughs> I swear to God, we didn't yeah, know so that, that at all. Yeah, and it, and if you notice, city schools they don't really have WalMarts, they don't really have Targets, they don't really have big corporations pouring into them. All they have to depend on are casinos, and so their money really isn't being um, turned over as much. So they always have to reach out to nonprofits and they have to try to get money because they don't have that revenue coming in. Their house values aren't increasing. So they don't have that taxes. They don't have universities. Like where my school is, we have a major university in walking distance. So we get money in taxes from the university. We have literally, I can go to two Walmarts and two Targets within five minutes. And see what we really should be saying is, Oh, send our kids to these schools in these areas so that, you know, they can get proper education or whatever, but they're not properly funded. So then you pull all your schools out. I mean, you pull all your children out, send them to a, a decent school in a district where, like Alicia is saying, they're getting taxed properly. So the, the, the students have the benefits. And then what's going to happen to all of these city schools? They're just going to, what, go away? People going to lose their job? Are people that That's live exactly in that area are not going to be educated? Yep. Or they get the charter schools that are getting supported by universities pop up and now the city school district is being dwindled. Buildings are being closed, turned into lofts because they have to sell them to get some money. And so it's just, it's a lot with, with the money control. The money part could be a totally different podcast of just money and education and how that goes. Um, but that, that is what a lot of people don't realize is how those funds are being allocated. So I always tell parents, like, don't worry about that. But when it comes to what they're teaching in the curriculum, the curriculum was never built for black kids in general. Um, it's never was built for this important kids who are below level. They can be black, white, Asian, Latino, no matter what they weren't, it wasn't built for them. So we as parents have to know that. And so that's why the first five years are very crucial for a child's development. Um, and that's what made me want to get my first degree in early childhood education because I wanted to know that why. Why do we have so many black and brown children reaching high school level and are so behind? Um, and that also gave me the why when I was in the inner city and I had nothing but black and Hispanic children that were below reading level. That's what made me get my master's in reading was because of the why. I'm teaching first grade and I don't know how to teach these kids how to read and I'm supposed to be teaching first grade. And so when I got my reading certification, I realized, oh, they don't teach you how to teach kids how to read if you get an elementary 
uh, degree or if you get an early childhood degree, you have to get a whole reading certification to teach kids how to read. And so they don't even design curriculums for teachers to teach specific skills unless you are specifically trained. And so I always tell parents, the first five years, like technology in the world we are living in, we didn't grow up. We grew up where parents, like think about it, our parents read to us or our grandma's big mama, somebody was reading to us. We didn't have like a lot of just TV, social media, technology really bothering us. Like Sega came out when I was like eight. So by that time, I had already known how to read and write. So now our kids are YouTube geniuses at 10 months old. (laughs) And that's because we don't want to. And that's because we, they can't read, they can't do nothing. They still got the binky in their mouth, but they can find that YouTube app. They can find Mickey Mouse app. And it's like, and that's because we aren't really giving them that prerequisite um, autonomy that they need. And so a lot of parents, that's just the, I am too busy that I don't want to focus on my child or I really didn't want this kid, but I got this kid. So I'm kind of just like, it's in the way. You know, and I think a lot of parents don't realize that the first five years, your child, once that brain is fully developed, they know everything they need to know. All their processing skills and everything are fully developed. So if you're not really nurturing their brains the first five years, you are being a disadvantage to their child, to your child before a teacher can regardless. So that's when I say that the parent is the first teacher and not us. The legal age for most states for a child to be in school is seven anyway. So you got a lot of parents like I was homeschooling them and they come to school at seven and have never been into a daycare or early learning center or anything. When if you were sitting at home on your butt, daycare is free because that means you're not working. So put them in daycare where they can have some type of something, stimulation. They know how to play. They have that fine and gross motor development, something. And daycares now have um, video cameras. So you can't even say you don't trust daycare. Get get them into one with a video camera. So it's like a lot of things, just a lot of excuses are being used, but we have to teach our kids more than them going to school. And I, my mom always told me she was a single parent. She was also a single parent who was sick. My mom suffered sickle cell disease. So she was in and out of the hospital. So we had to be independent, my sister and I. So we knew how to balance the checkbook, pay bills. We were doing that when my mom was in hospital and I was in fourth and fifth grade and my sister was in seventh. And so there was, there were times where we were paying bills and everything. We knew how to do that at a young age because my mom taught us. No school taught us that. So those are skills that we, those are life skills that as a parent, you should be teaching your child no matter what. I go to the grocery store all the time and I see white parents or you can tell the educated black parents who, what number is this? Because you're at the deli section and the child is like two years old. Those are just small moments that you can be teaching your child. And so I always tell parents, like, you don't always need to wait until they go to school to teach them. If they, if you have already got them so used to a tablet, all right, put leapfrog on there. Put um, ABC mouse on there. Put I can read on there. There are there are literally so many educational games and apps that are free that you can put on there to where if you don't know how to do it, let somebody else do it. YouTube is your best friend. Um, I even am starting my own YouTube channel, We Read, um, that is going to be launched that will help kids to just teach parents and teach just teach parents how to teach their kids how to read. 
And if you don't know, let me do it for you. I love because it, there's no reason. It's like there's no reason that we have so many black and brown babies that are behind and it's unnecessary. And they're behind and then the parents get frustrated. Well, I can't read them. I can't teach them. And that's because I don't know. So break that generational curse and find somebody who does know. Girl, hey, but first of all, I, I feel red and I ain't even got no school for these children. You feel <laughs> like Alicia. <laughs> no, for real though. Like, but you, but you read them and then you also gave solutions to every excuse that we hear so often. So I really hope that for, for your parents out there, I hope that this gave you some ideas because me and Anessa over here looking at each other like I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do that it's so important for us to teach our babies and now we don't even know if well honestly I feel like at this point it's irresponsible to be expecting schools to be open in the fall but we don't even know if that's going to happen as a reality and like Alicia Mm -hmm. said prepare as if it's not going to happen if you if you if you want to take care of your child you want to be a good parent all you need is a couple of hours a day and, and drill this stuff into your babies and if you need help there's youtube channels my kids watch african learning shows all day long and they have a quote-unquote preschool mm-hmm. teacher that they watch on youtube like alicia's about to do and she teaches them shapes letters numbers black lady monica j sutton if y'all want i mean i ain't trying promote her over alicia diane but you know no but i love her too yes (laughs) so it's like it's teachers out here that give a fuck and they want to teach your kids give your kids access to that get them off that fucking game and make them learn you don't have to just sit up and and just let your kids go to waste because nobody took that time off with you like Alicia said, let's break these generational curses. So anyway, girl, we could go on, but we run out of time. <laughs> but I want you to talk really quickly about your YouTube channel that you just mentioned, as well as um, your fashion Instagram. All right. So my fashion Instagram and my fashion B blog YouTube channel is all I am Alicia Diane and Alicia is spelled A-O-I-S-H-A and Diane is with two N's because a lot of people only put one. Um, but primarily is is basically like the YouTube channel is me with the shit. You get all of me. Um, you get, uh, me just basically talking about like messed up stuff that people do. Um, I really don't talk about education as much, but I do sometimes. Um, I do a couple of dress hauls of me trying on clothes, um, plus size fashion. I do a lot of natural hair fashion. Same thing with my page. Um, I've been featured a couple of times with Lane Bryant. And so I'm in the works of doing, um, a couple of things with them. So. That's pretty much it with fashion. Just basically just me being me day to day life of me just acting up and cutting up and that's it. And, and then she acts up read. and cuts up. <laughs> she really does. I do a lot. I do. I try to act right. I really do. But it's just, it's not in me. It's re- it's not in me to act right or act normal. As much as I try, it's, it's just not in me. No. <laughs> And then we read, um, I'll uh, make sure to tell Dana once it's officially launched, but we read will be basically me um, giving parents pointers on tips to teach their kids how to read. 
um, giving them the academic language on what that means when you get those test results and everything. And teachers are saying, oh, your child does X, Y, Z and fluency and phonics and fluency. And you're like, well, what is phonics? What is fluency? So me just giving you an insight on that academic vocabulary, as well as me to, um, teaching your child to where if your child needs 20 minutes of reading instruction, you sit them right in front of that uh, tablet and say, watch, watch Alicia. And just have her, she's going to teach you how to do long vowels. She's going to teach you how to spell. She's going to teach you how to do comprehension. And you can click on whatever your child is lacking in, click a video, 20, 30 minutes, sit them in front, and I will teach them explicitly. Um, and that, that will help you. So while you're cooking, here's 22 minutes of do that instruction, and then we're going to do some practice after we eat. So that that pretty much it will be very easy because I know virtual learning is not going anywhere. It's not, and we just need to get prepared for it as much as possible. So, and it and and the universe, the internet, everybody, Alicia is making it so easy, so easy. Don't give up on your kids. Just as quick as you can share um, a post or write a status or whatever. You could be over there teaching little John John how to say the word car. So let's just let's just all come together as a community. And don't correct them. Don't correct, Don't correct them. them either. Ebonics is a real language. So <laughs> you can teach them. They let, let them say it incorrectly as well in their everyday language. But when it comes to formally doing schoolwork and stuff, that's when you teach them the proper way to say things. But don't out them. Let them speak however they want to speak <laughs> in their casual language. Don't correct the kids because you say things incorrectly as well. So And don't be don't getting mad at hitting your kids either, mama. Oh, if Johnny had three apples, that's I used to get in trouble. You you saying it louder is not going to let them comprehend it. It's not going to let them get Hello. it any easier or faster. Stop yelling. Like, you got to be patient with them. You getting frustrated and angry is going to let them just think you crazy. Exactly. They still not going to understand it. <laughs> like, you pointing it and putting the paper in their face, they still, they, they're not going to understand if Johnny had three apples, like, they still won't get it. So, <laughs> don't, don't yell. <laughs> oh my goodness well thank you alicia for being on our show um and shout out to us girl we've been knowing each other for 10 years shout oh my out god to yes. even though i even though i just you know i'm sorry about your little editing paper i don't remember <laughs> that but i you know <laughs> my kids they used to clown paper mache back in the day you know that still was my favorite girl so I probably, yeah i definitely said it's, that. it's all good i wasn't even tripping out it was some type of I project <laughs> we had to do girl but since then we'd have been to birthday parties christmas party we didn't step we didn't step what... together we good <laughs> We good. Oh, yes. Once you leave the country with someone, you good. <laughs> right. Well, thank you, Alicia, again for being on our show and dropping gems, girl. You got It's time for the break room. It's the break room. It's the break room. What your break do? Girl, we finna spill all the tea. Hey, hey, it's hey. the break room. What your break room? All right, y'all. Well, I would like to start out this break room by saying I'm so sorry for not mentioning the shy last week. Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, but I'm caught up. Nah, <laughs> we got heat last week for not talking about the shy. <laughs> So, I'm sorry y'all. <laughs> yeah, so we don't forget. Let's go ahead and talk about it right now. 
So much is happening right now on The Shy. Um, and The Shy, much like other shows I'm noticing right now, are like highlighting or bringing to the forefront um, some relevancy as it relates to like what's happening in the world. We've seen Luke James. I don't know his character's name, but Luke James' character's girlfriend is a trans woman. Lala has been introduced to the show as a chef, and her and Emmett are working on a late night spot at Sonny's restaurant, which is very funny because when Sonny finds that out, y'all, he is going to be a whole, he going to be a whole moon. He going to be so upset. But um, like, what the fuck was y'all, you thought that was a good idea. For real, for real. Emmett makes bad decisions, but he has such good intentions, which is what I love about his character. I love Emmett. But also, I didn't know this, but Tiff Emmett's girlfriend, y'all, sells weed. <laughs> yes. She's trapping. She is trapping, and they've moved in with his mom. And, of course, most of all, the search is on for Keisha. So, by now, I think we all know that this season is going to be centered around Luke James' character trying to get his brother back, finding Keisha, finding Keisha as well, which is relevant to the times because, you know, when criminal acts happen to black women or black girls, it goes unnoticed, Breonna Taylor. And we'll also see how Emmett and Lala's character is going to play out. I believe Candy is appearing in tomorrow's episode. Y'all know today is July 11th. So I'm excited to see how she does. But I do want to say that I'm pissed off because do you remember when they were in the meeting um, talking about a plan of action to try to find Keisha, the lady was like, "Your daughter has naked pics on the on that on that site." You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, that was some bullshit. That, but but that just goes back to the point you just made about yeah. how the shy is trying to correct intertwine issues in our community into the storyline. Like you said, Luke James, which I just looked up his character. His name is Trig on the show. Trig, okay. His, his character is dating a trans woman. And uh, as you guys know, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, that and should they be considered women? Do they have rights and blah, 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 and that. Well, she's giving you a visual of what it's like to be in that type of situation with a hyper-masculine cis man. Like, the, even down to the sex trafficking, even down to when Keisha's mom kind of had a little mental break and she told her wife, like, these ain't your kids. Like, all of that type of stuff was just perfectly just kind of put into the storyline and I'm, I'm I'm digging it. Like I like how we're opening up discussions based on the story that's being told in front of us. But I wanted to say one thing and I don't know if you mentioned this. This was an episode two when Emmett and Lala's character was in the kitchen. And she was like, uh, and Emmett was like, I'm trying to keep Brandon's legacy alive. And Lala said, just because he did something doesn't mean he was a good dude. I felt like that was like a little, a little Easter egg kind of nod to like, fuck him. He off the show <laughs> type deal. But you know what really is really irritating me about the shine? And I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. The character that plays Ronnie. He can he can on my fucking nerves, but like, what is you doing, fam? Like, 
go somewhere. Like you, you doing all this homeless stuff. You didn't got out of, you didn't got out of prison on some white man shit. Cause this would never happen to a brother, especially in Chicago, but you didn't got out of prison. Cause your grandma was finna die. And we found out she ain't dead. She in a nursing home and you walking around literally homeless doing nothing. Like, his storyline is starting to irritate me. And I know that he's there because he was there, but it's just like, do something else with him. It's just, it's irritating me at this point that he has absolutely nothing to offer to the storyline. <laughs> Paul Ronnie, Paul Ronnie, he can't catch a break. But you know what? I think, and I could be wrong. I might be wrong about this. I think Ronnie might be the one to find Keisha or try to put the pieces together on how where she is because you saw at the end of last week's episode he was like following this man and he looked suspicious or whatever but and then also when he went to his, to go see his grandma he was like she was like what you're not my grandson my grandson was a hero and he made a like he alluded to like I'm gonna change that so I feel like they're going to try to make him, you know, be able to find her in some way so he can reclaim his reputation. So that would be interesting well as well. Dana, like, I'm over Girl, him. I'm yes. over him. But more on the shy, y'all, to come. We'll be watching tomorrow and talking about it next week. But in, t- in more TV news, so FX has a new series called The New York Times Presents uh, that will feature Breonna Taylor's investigative story. It will go into detail about her life and investigate her death. Her killers, yes, I said killers, are still on the loose, waiting to shoot up their next victim. So <laughs> I'm I'm saying that because, I mean, they Keep might be real. Like, hey, although everyone has been like in social media demanding her killers be charged, nothing has happened as we know. But I'm thinking, Dana, what do you think? Maybe this will light some fire. I'm still not sure why this is taking so long. Girl, I don't know. They're waiting on us to be quiet. They're waiting on us to forget about it. Just like we forgot about Korean Gaines. Just like we forgot about um, the other, Kendrick Perkins. I mean, not Kendrick Perkins. Oh my God, that's the basketball player. Kendrick Johnson. Just like we forgot about so many other people's names that we've had to hashtag and say, they're hoping that we forget. They're doing all this other stuff to distract us. Oh, I can use Miss Butterworth now because it's no longer racist. No, fuck that. What we're asking for is justice and we're not getting it. But, you know, I, I don't even want to go on that rant because I feel like every show. I know we do. This shit has happened. We are arrest the murdering officers. Arrest the murdering officers that killed Breonna Taylor, Tony McDade. Um, Elijah McClain, like these are actual real life people who lost their life due to y'all's fuck ups. It's not, you need to make this make sense to the people. We don't give a fuck about the law. We don't give a fuck about uh, y'all wanting to keep y'all friends cool or whatever. And I didn't mean to get off on this tangent because I know we're talking about TVs and shit, but like, just do what we're asking. Please arrest these people and hold them accountable for the murder of this girl. She lost her life for no reason. Tony McDay lost his life for no reason. Elijah McClain lost his life for no reason. These were innocent people. It don't matter if they weren't innocent. It don't matter. Charge them. Sorry for the rant. <laughs> it's not a rant because hope, I mean, okay, yeah, y'all coming up with a series that's going to, you know, investigate her story. Okay, if that's going to bring these, charge her killers, then okay, yeah, I'm here for it. But 
if not, then it's just another distraction, like you're saying. But anyways, the series aired last night, but it wasn't the episode about her. It was about COVID and who cares. So <laughs> as soon as I find out <laughs> the date it premieres, her actual show premieres, I'll let y'all know and maybe or maybe not you'll watch it. But on to other things like power. I know, Dana, you was not into power, but although power is over, the spinoffs that 50, 50 Cent promised are coming to fruition because Power Book 2 Ghost is coming to stars in September. Okay. Now, I'm so sad power is over, but I'm still going to watch. Are you going to watch, Dana, or no? Or no. <laughs> I feel like all y'all niggas on Twitter is going to tell me the whole plot anyway. Like, I've, y'all know my history with power. I tried to watch it several times, but I already know the plot. I know the story. I know the whole, I know all the characters. I know the theme song. So I'm just going to depend on y'all niggas to continue this going on and let me know what's going on on Power Book 2. I don't need to watch it. Y'all keep me informed. <laughs> Dana said, no, I'm not here for it. Well, y'all know I'm going to be watching in September and I'm going to be talking about it. But on to music. So Chris Brown, y'all know I love Chris Brown. Chris Brown went to his Instagram story and told his followers that his 10th studio album will be called Breezy. Okay, Chris Brown. Okay. Look, he didn't say a date. He didn't say when, he didn't say where, he just said, I guess he high, and he went on his story and said, look, this going to be my album title. <laughs> I like the title, and I guess we'll all sit around and wait for this 167-track album that you didn't uh, create on all your cocaine nights. You ain't lying, because I am so sure, like, just like uh, Indigo, this album is going to be, like Dana said, 167 <laughs> songs long. Chris Brown, let's let's come up with something that's a little bit more concise. Um, and come Seven up with, tracks. Right. Seven tracks is all I need from you, bruh, and seven, anybody else. Right, 7 to 15 and we good. But speaking of uh, just seven tracks, um, Summer Walker, who I love, y'all, she dropped a new EP yesterday titled Life on Earth. But y'all, it sucks. I'm very disappointed. I haven't listened to it, but I was so amped when I saw she dropped the EP. I was so amped. I haven't heard it yet. Girl, you're going to be so amped and so disappointed. Because <laughs> when I say Dana, it's trash. Oh, no. Somebody said <laughs> we can tell London ain't on the track. <laughs> <laughs> Did they break up again? No, I no. don't. So did they break? Look, now let me just say this about uh, Summer Walker. I don't know who Summer Walker is. Do you see that she's changed her face? Um, I heard rumors about that, but I haven't looked at her. Uh, but I, that wouldn't surprise me because of her um, issues. She was beautiful, just the way she was. I don't know why she did so that. beautiful, so I, beautiful. I have no idea who I'm. I'm assuming London on the track told her you need to uh, get some fillers or whatever. But now she looks just like a Botox Barbie. She looks she looks horrible to me. But anyway, that's that's all. I just thought I'd mention that. I wish she would have just stayed looking how she looks. But you're gonna. I mean, I like one song on the on the EP. It's called Deeper, and I think it's only like five songs on there. And she's working with. Um, she worked with Party 
party next door and no two who I've never heard of. They're like on multiple tracks. So I don't know what this is about, but I don't like it. I need her to come back. <laughs> we come through featuring Usher or something because I can't deal with this. Party next door. He he had he's like an alternative R and B artist. So I'm not. You know what? I'm gonna have to listen to that because I'm actually kind of interested now in knowing that he was behind it because they have very different musical style so i'm interested in here you now i see why you probably don't like it because p and d on that shit and his shit is kind of kind of different no yeah. shade that, that anybody that like him yeah no shade because he got one song that i like but only because drake on it so <laughs> um anyways i'm about to get off of summer walker and talk about ti versus 50 verses that might be happening okay so Hopefully that happens, but I honestly, it looks like, Dana, you look like you are here for that. I'm not here for that. I feel like T.I. is going to murder 50 Cent. What tits do 50 Cent have besides up in the club, it's your birthday, 21 questions, and candy shop? I mean... <laughs> Girl, you named three songs. <laughs> Girl, he got... Those are the only three songs he got. I mean, what other songs he got now, T.I.? Baby, T.I. gonna come with the you know me. Okay, he got <laughs> rubber band man. Like we can we can go on and on with Ti. That's why I think Ti is like so. Like, come on with it. I need to see a catalog because I feel like Ti is going to murder him. Why? Why is he calling for him? So this is so interesting because we're so used to Fifty being a troll, and he's now trolling Ti. But I forgot what the situation was with Fifty was kind of trolling T.I. a little bit on this whole versus thing and they and they now are like kind of beefing I don't know the details of it because honestly I don't care <laughs> but it's interesting because 50 he is a big ass bully he think he funny um he picks on everyone and everybody's always <laughs> 50 you so funny but it's so different now because usually the people that he picks on are like I don't want to say lowly people, but they don't have huge fan bases. They don't have huge catalogs. They can't shit on you with they recording discs and shit like that. So this is pretty different. Um, I can't wait to see what this ends up like. But girl, I ain't put people is in quarantine and they are fucking bored. First of all, this verses would be uh, lit for me because, like I said, I'm gonna jam all the way down to all the Ti shit. But um, Fifty probably just gonna end up sitting there looking because, like you said, <laughs> you just named three songs. I, uh, I mean. I just want to. I just, what? How far is this trolling gonna go, Fifty? Like, if people gonna rally behind you coming up against Ti, because you know niggas love Ti wrong ass. So we, I'm just interested to see how this gonna pan out. Me too, because I Ti trip. I, I ride for Ti before I ride for Fifty. Now I don't know, I, and I do like Ti's music. Like Fifty Cent, you ain't got no music, bro. And I don't know how this started either, but. T.I. is wanting him. Like, he went on his live and everything. Like, come on. Like, show me your catalog. But he can't. So, I mean, he got three songs. They was good songs. But anyways, 50 Cent gone somewhere. Lastly, I want to say fuck you to Cal Kiero, Kieto, whoever this man is. Supposedly, he's an athlete. Supposedly, he's a Christian on top of that. But he has the audacity. Did you hear, Dana, to go on his Twitter or his social media and say that he was shocked that people were actually attracted to um, 
Jill Scott. Uh, what? Girl. My nigga, I ain't even... I, I don't even go on that side of the fence and I take Jill ass down. Like, can we go to the mall together? Can we be best friends? She fine as hell. What the fuck are you talking about? We gonna take a long walk over around the park after dark. Find a spot where we can conversation. Okay. Come on. When I say people on Twitter and uh, Instagram are well, creating memes, like, what is wrong with this man? And let me just say this. In the words of Ocho Cinco, attracted to is an understatement. I'd walk over a bed of six inch nails barefoot just to say hello in person to Jill Scott. Like literally, like, are you serious? You saying Jill Scott? He's like, people are attracted to her. Oh, it's gotta be the energy. Okay, got it. What? Nigga, what? Shut the fuck up. I ain't even finna get in. Yeah, nope, nope. This ain't this. And we in. We, you, 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 so lucky. We almost out of studio time, my nigga. Cause I go in on that shit. Fuck that. Fuck that. Like, boy, by Jill Scott is everything. Her music is everything, which is why we're talking about her. And she is beautiful. She's gorgeous. And anybody would like to climb up that big tree stalk of black chocolate milk. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, that's all I got for the break room. Okay. All right. What What have you been listening to real quick? You know I have not been listening to anything because, I mean, there's nothing like to. I've been listening to Rotini's new song with Wale. I think Rotini plays on Power, don't don't he? He does. Or okay, he did. Yeah. So, well, I guess it's an Afrobeat song because that's how I'm taking it. But that's my little Jamie Jam right now. It's called um, "In My Bed." So I've been listening to that, and um, before we started recording, I just found out that Kid Cudi um, put out a project with Eminem that's supposed to be uh, highlighting the times. Uh, the article I read said they were talking about wearing face masks, the deaths of George Floyd, and protests and shit. So as soon as we finish recording, I'm listening to that. Um, but that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, I have not. I haven't been listening to anything like I've listened to Summer Walkers. EP, I thought I was going to get some bops from that, but I did not. Um, so I haven't really been listening to nothing. I've just been trying to watch what's left of TV uh, since <laughs> a lot of stuff on right now. But, but yeah, so. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week's show, guys. I would, again, like to thank my best friend's best friend, Alicia Diane, for coming into the show and reading us our rights, child. Letting us know like how we can teach our babies from home. Even if you don't have any babies, I feel like the knowledge she dropped was pretty good for you to know and pass on to somebody that might need that type of help. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. We will be back, of course, next week with more shenanigans. Um, Thank you so much for sending in all of your fuckies. Continue to do that. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye, y'all.